Welcome to the Profiling Criminal Minds Sunday Check-In. I'm Dan. And I'm Sheila. And we haven't done one of these for a while because, again, we've both been busy and I'm not saying the world's back to normal. It ain't. <laughs> it's no. far from back to normal, but we're not sequestered in our house anymore. People are going to movie theaters to watch Marvel movies now, so, like... It It is, I think, understandable that we are, you know, not checking in with you every week over stuff like that. You know, uh, the news is still terrible. Uh, everything is awful all the time. Nazis are still on the march in America, uh, led by a former president who just loves Nazis because, uh, well, he's always been an authoritarian. And uh, to use the vernacular, I've said this before and I've said it again. It's important to remember fascism is the defense mechanism of capitalism. Basically, once workers start asking for their rights and for money, that's when the fascists turn up. And that's what's happening in America. People are realizing, like, people are, you know, this close. Like, you can't see how close my fingers are together. But this close to realizing, hey, this capitalism is a ridiculous scam designed to only make the already wealthy even more powerful. And uh, once they realize that, well, you got to just start shooting people in the street. That's what they did in Nazi Germany. That's what they did in Italy. That's what they're going to be doing in America. Well, they've already started doing it in America. And once uh, that Kyle Rittenhouse character gets uh, acquitted for murder for the two murders he committed, it will be legal to shoot leftists in the street. Is that too bleak? Still. <laughs> Is that too I was bleak? just thinking, which show is it? Oh, I think Legends of... I don't Legends know. of Time. Legends you know of Tomorrow is probably which. Uh, well, no, it's a DC show. It's DC show, yeah. yeah, right. Legends of Tomorrow. Yes, they had to deal with Rittenhouse. Oh, That's what always strikes me. Strikes me as really, really funny. It's 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 um an old thing. It's not. It wasn't. It was set in olden times. And but they addressed that was kind of thing. Oh yeah, he was he was one of the evil people right that had to be gotten rid of uh, you know evil capitalists i guess you know dc doesn't like them <laughs> I, I would assume i assume for dc an evil capitalist is marvel but well i mean having been bought by d by disney come on yeah they are they are about as evil as capitalists get over at disney they're they're all terrible people uh but the funny part is and the only reason i bring up the kyle rittenhouse thing is this is the week where the judge and i'm like I ain't a judge. I don't know the specific law here, but they, the judge ruled, and this sounds crazy to anyone. And I don't want to, I don't want to tell you how to feel in advance, but I tell you how to feel about it in advance. But the judge said, and this is, you can look this one up, that A, the prosecution is not going to be allowed to refer to the two dead guys and the one shot guy as Kyle Rittenhouse's victims. And I'm like, whether he's convicted of murder or not, I don't know, because it would prejudice the jury. And I'm like, whether he's a murderer or not, they are his victims. No one is debating that he shot these people. Like, he committed an act of violence against these people. Maybe it was self-defense. I mean, anyone watching the video can see that it's not. (laughs) You know, but maybe they'll call it self-defense. Okay, so let's call them the alleged victims. Well, yeah, but the, they're not even allowed to use the word victim. But you know how in uh, in this kind of trial, you're not supposed to be able to bring the past histories of the people you killed into, uh, uh, into account? Yeah, uh, the judges said they are going to be able to talk about the cri- uh, criminal records, if any, of his victims in order to, like, make the point that, oh, well, they deserve to get shot. And he had the right to be uh, scared, which, by the way, it only, the only thing that matters is Kyle Rittenhouse's state of mind. He didn't know these people's criminal records. And he had a gun. And he had a gun, and they didn't have guns. This isn't complicated. Like, they want this to be complicated, but it's just not. They had, uh, they had a couple of cans of soup or something. Maybe a can of beans. He had a gun. 
but no, they, uh, that's, that's our ruling, or at least that's what the ruling's gonna be. So yeah, uh, America's, uh, oh, and, um. But that's in Wisconsin, which means that the, uh, prosecution will appeal it, and which means forward. that it will go to the circuit and, you know. And then the Supreme Court will say it's legal to kill leftists. I know. I know what's going to happen. And you, again, it sounds like I'm being too morose and too, you know, bleak. But I just want to point out a real thing that the Supreme Court did this week. They agreed to take on, uh, the American Supreme Court agreed to take on a case about whether or not the EPA has the right to set uh, carbon levels that factories can emit. And you might say, well, that's, that's seems weird and specific. What does that have to do with me? Why should I be concerned about that? Because, and this is the uh, this is the key part, and this is what's so scary about this ruling, and it is, I know it doesn't sound like it's a terrifying thing for them to take up, and I'll tell you why. So here's how the government works, and not everybody knows this. It's okay if you don't. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Here's how the government works. Every, like, the U.S. government is so gigantic that there's, like, no way to specifically govern like create laws for how it can operate the uh, the all of the organizations all of the departments have to basically be given a framework of stuff that they're supposed to do and then they decide how to do it right and then of course if they do it in a specific way that you think is illegal you can legally challenge that later right but basically at the end of the day the ap it is with under the epa's mandate to regulate how much pollution factories uh sorry energy power plants can put out that's within their bailiwick and so they're allowed to set new limits because that's their regulatory field and what this law is questioning is that anyone but essentially congress has the right to set rules now the way the government works and literally the like try to imagine a government functioning if Every time any department of that government wanted to change a rule about how to do things, they had to go to Congress and get a specific law passed to change the rule they were trying to do. I'm talking clean air, clean water, food safety, auto safety, mileage on cars, all of this stuff. Imagine if every time any of the government's doing this, organization doing this, had to go to Congress and get a law passed. It would be fair to say that the government would never be able to do anything. And well, right alert, now, the American government well, can't do anything. Well, that's my point. No, no, the Congress can't do anything. The government, like right now, tomorrow, oh, well, the EPA okay. can say uh, coal plants aren't allowed to do more than like three bricks of co- three bricks, three tons of co- uh, coal a year. Now, that's nothing, but they could make that rule. They're not going to, but they could. And what this lawsuit is trying to do is take away the EPA's power to do anything new without specific congressional lawmaking to allow them to do it. And essentially, this is them trying, I mean, there's only one way to describe it, which is this is the U.S. right wing trying to destroy the administrative state. Well, what they want to do is turn it into China. Yeah. Basically, for there to be one strongman leader at the top who just gives orders and then the whole government does what the guy at the top does. And they'll create a system where you have to get the uh, the sign-off of Congress. But like in, in China, they need the sign-off of their Congress. But guess what? Those guys vote 100% for whatever Xi Jinping wants. And that's what they want to do in America. They want Daddy Trump to be their dictator, and then everybody else just signs off on whatever his whims are. I mean, again, you've watched Michael Costa going to uh, these Trump rallies on The Daily Show. These are people whose political philosophy is whatever Donald Trump says goes. And you might say, well, that's not a political philosophy. I'm like, no, it's not. But these people think it is. <laughs> so, it yeah. is. Uh, horrendous like there are so many things wrong yeah in the united states that that are you know just you can just see it coming and you can see it coming and i can't see any way out of it out of it that's the tough part for me too it's like because yeah 
Do you want you want one Please. other thing? Oh, absolutely. Clarence yeah. Thomas. Clarence Thomas has indicated he's ready to take over the Supreme Court. Oh yeah. How did he do this? <laughs> well, no, no, no. He just made a statement. I mean, Roberts isn't leaving. No. But you well, know, just in case, or you know, they if could. Something vote. happens to Roberts. He's willing to become the Chief Justice. Jesus. Oh, he's ready. He's ready, and there's all these other. You know, I mean, how do you become the chief justice? Yeah. Anyway, it's it's just like I looked at that that headline and just went, wow. Oh, you it is. It is so. Why Puerto Rico wants to join the United States as a real state is beyond me. Honestly, but anyway, I, I maintain they should just join Canada. But that's that's another conversation. Uh, Hawaii should leave the United yeah, States and join Canada. Canada too. You'll be happier mm-hmm. here. Trust me. Yeah, yeah trust <laughs> me. You'll be happier. But, anyway, but you know, uh, never, the fun thing about yeah. Clarence Thomas, and I'll just since you brought it up, I'll bring I'll say the fun thing about Clarence Thomas is uh, he is in many ways the worst Supreme Court justice, not because of A, his extremist right-wing positions, or B, how openly corrupt he is. Fun fact, his wife and all of his kids, like, work for right-wing pressure groups who lobby the court. And he never recuses himself when the people who pay his wife and children have matters before the court. He never recuses himself, because he's openly corrupt. But, Here's the best part about him. I may have told this before, but I'll just, it came up now, so I'm just going to quickly tell it. So, uh, someone who studies the court, all right, uh, a journalist who studies the court when they were writing a book about the court, noticed that if you, I mean, Clarence Thomas almost never writes a decision because he's profoundly lazy. He just doesn't care about even pretending that he's doing his job. But when he writes a, when he does write something, they noticed that the thing he writes never mentions in any way, shape, or form the oral arguments or briefs that were provided to the court. So the amicus briefs, the oral arguments the people come in, that never turns up in the stuff he writes. And so a guy looked over all of his writing and they're like, oh my God, he doesn't listen when people are arguing before the Supreme Court. He doesn't listen at all because he just has his clerk he says, uh, here's how I'm going to rule on this case. And he has his curl, uh, his one of his clerks write up a ruling and he signs it. And the ruling he writes up and the justification for it will have nothing to do with the arguments that either side set in court because he just does whatever people with money want him to do. He makes up a justification for it and he turns it in. He doesn't read the briefs. He doesn't listen to the oral arguments. He doesn't do his job. And again, so, there's paper proof that he's just not bothering to do his job. Well, as I said, I mean, it's one of the reasons that one can just stop doing uh, sort of Sunday COVID check-ins. <laughs> although mine, you know, because there's Sunday check-ins because it's just, it's just a disaster. Um, yeah. And then places like, I don't even want to talk about places like Australia and the rest oh, of it and yeah. their non-support. It's just, you know, and the U.S., the U.S., I mean, Biden is is caught between sometimes he and his his governments and Pelosi. I mean, they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place they at times. Are. Yeah. And um, it is just and so some of their own people and the coal issue, I tell you. I keep putting up more and more coal stuff on on the website because I just thought this was an interesting, but it just becomes more and more relevant. And what's going in the United States is that what's his face? The guy who the Democrat from West Virginia is really very problematic now because he's got this, all these people who still work coal and people don't understand. FYI, he doesn't have many people who still work coal. He has like 20,000 people who still work coal. That is a tiny fraction of yes, the people who in West a, Virginia. Yes, but it doesn't matter. It's the big issue. Well, no, but the big issue is not that they want to open. His, they want to open the coal mines again, and they no, want to not. use coal again. They do, but it's not going to, no one thinks that's actually going to happen. And more importantly, I can't stress this. <laughs> I can't, wait, let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, what do you call it? Um, this is a man 
whose family money comes from owning a coal company. Mm -hmm. Like he gets paid $200,000 and whatever a year for being a senator. He gets paid $600,000 a year for owning a coal, coal company. Where do you think his priorities lie? The $600,000 a year or the $200,000 a year? He doesn't care about the people who live in his state. So where, what is, like, who is signing his paychecks? The U.S. government or the coal company that he owns? And it's the coal company that he owns. Also, his whole family's trash. You know what his daughter does for a living? What? Works for a pharma company. Uh, do you know what uh, her big idea was? I don't want to know. Quintuple tell me. Wait, no, shush. I'll tell you. Quintuple the price of EpiPens and then have her dad push a uh, a thing throughout America to force uh, uh, schools, all schools in America, to buy EpiPens. She is directly responsible for the massive increase in the price of what you need if you're having an allergic reaction to stop from dying. It's quintupled in price in America over the past 10 years because of her. Meanwhile, her dad made it sure that basically every school needs to have, buy EpiPens at this new grossly inflated rate. So the whole family is trash. It's not just him that's trash. And as someone said, if you cared about the coal miners in your state... You could just give them, you could just add in the bill $100,000 to each coal miner to do, to like give them $100,000 to keep them running for a couple of years while they train in a new job. By the way, given every coal miner in the state, $100,000 is essentially like what? A billion dollars, cost a billion dollars, maybe $2 billion. That's nothing compared to the size of this bill. And it will be the single best thing that he ever did, that anyone ever did for coal miners in the history of coal mining, which is give them a whack of cash to stop being coal miners. Yeah. But yeah, he could do that, but no, he doesn't care. He doesn't care well, about coal except to the extent that it personally makes him money. The man is trash of the worst sort. It's as simple as that. Well, you know, I look at it and I, I mean, what really bothers me the most is, Please. no, no, what bothers me the most is as it's falling apart, yeah. the impact it's going to have, as Pierre Trudeau said, the elephant yeah, and the mouse, right, is the impact it's going to have on Canada. It's already having oh, an impact yeah. and it's very, it's a, it's a big problem. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, close down the damn borders. We now have. Yeah. You know, but that's that's just my, you know, I mean, it's not going to happen. COVID reasonable reaction to the state of America. Well, COVID allowed us. COVID, COVID allowed us to close down the borders for a lot of, for a good portion of time. Yeah, that helped a lot. Um, and but you know, all of a sudden we now have uh forty-two people in the Sioux currently with oh my god with COVID. Um, Sudbury is now a hot spot of COVID. Um, of course. And it's the know. Americans doing it to us. Well, I, who knows? No, it's going, people going across the river, right? Yes. It's people, seven new confirmed cases yesterday, six the day before, yeah. three the day before. We have one school closed down. Um, well, everybody's back online. We have another school that is... Um, it will probably end up being closed down because there's a few cases, a couple of cases, there are more cases, you know. And so unless you get a letter that says you're a close contact, i.e. you were in the classroom with the person who has COVID. Yeah. Um, or whoever it is, um, you know, and then if you're at low risk, but you're still going to have to mm. stay home. So all of these people and then. Oh, I don't even want to go into all the rest of it. But, you know, I mean, it's it's very, very problematic. I feel probably safer at the university than I do anywhere else. Yeah, that makes sense. Other than my own home. Well, obviously. <laughs> you know, because sure enough, one of my uh, one of my students' children goes to what, the school that was closed down. Oh, that's scary. Well, you know, and she hasn't received a close contact letter from the school board so that means that whatever grade and whatever interaction doesn't affect that particular group of people but yeah 
you know, and um, yeah, it I is, know. and and uh, it, oh, I just I just so choke. Uh, I, Russia I know, is going right. into complete. Russia is yeah. now going into complete lockdown. They've given everybody two weeks off with pay. Jesus. Well, the whole friggin' country. Yeah, they have to. Or else. Well, yes, but lots of people are going on vacation because they haven't given them stay-at-home orders. Oh, I assumed there was a stay-at-home order to go <laughs> with that. No, that was they haven't real, given. That was real dumb of me to assume. This is Russia. <laughs> this is Russia. Come on. Oh, that's embarrassing. Unlike China, that just shoves shuts everything down, Vietnam right? Vietnam or Taiwan, like all the same, or hell, Korea, all the same countries just shut everything down. New Zealand New shuts Zealand, everything yeah. down. I don't know what's going to happen in Victoria because Melbourne finally has opened up, but it's had the longest. Yeah. I mean, it had the longest, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, shutdown of any of the states. Right. And and the rest of it. So, uh, well, the state of Victoria. I understood what you meant. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so yeah. enough of that. COVID Scary is still- stuff going on. COVID's still real bad, uh, but are you ready for the good news? Tell me. All right, here's the good news. In the past year of everyone's social distancing, well, year and a half of everyone's social distancing and wearing masks outside, two different flu strains have gone extinct. We oh, that's killed, nice. We killed two different flus by just wearing masks and like not getting too close to people. That's all it took. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've had people say, well, yeah, but on the other hand, you know, I haven't gotten the flu and I didn't get any bad colds. Yeah. Because of the, because <laughs> we're freaking <laughs> washing our hands because we're wearing masks because we're not getting too close to people. Yeah. I haven't been sick in a year and a half. I normally get sick every cold season. I mean, ever since I started getting the flu shot, which I've been doing the past 10 years, I haven't gotten the flu, but I get a cold every year. I get bad sniffles, headaches, ague. Not the past two years. You know? So, there you go. It Like, this stuff works, everybody. It really does. Even if you're not willing to get the vaccine, which, seriously, get the vaccine. You know that uh, Ice Cube just had to quit a movie because he wouldn't get the vaccine? <sighs> he and Jack Black were supposed to be in some movie together. And he's like, no, I'm not getting the vaccine. Like, what is wrong with you, Ice Cube? And again, we know what's wrong with him is black culture is a very different um, relationship with government health mandates than the rest of the country. For 100% reasonable, like it's actually completely reasonable. Well, clearly he does. Okay. Clearly he doesn't need the money. But yeah, he doesn't. I mean, he's Ice uh, you Cube. Know, I mean, he's Ice come on. Cube. He doesn't need the money. He doesn't need the money. So consequently, I, just, I would rather he be healthy than risking his life by not. So what are they doing with uh, SVU? This is Ice Cube, not Ice Tea. Oh, this ice is tea. Ice Cube. Yes. Ice Tea probably got the vaccine. Oh, he's yeah. Got a, he's got a weekly TV show. Yeah. I, I and, know. It's uh, easy to get confused. Ice Tea is from oh, Body yes. Count. Uh, the yeah. heavy metal and band. Ice Cube, ice Cube yeah. is NWA. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's right. And... Yeah, Ice-T keeps showing up in, in crossword puzzles. Oh, well. Um, <laughs> being an SVU. You know. it's, yeah, it's a good way into crossword puzzles. You being know. on a TV show everybody in America wants. And you got a couple of good letters in there you need for the crossword. Not yes. Some of the good letters, actually. So anyway, um, it, it's who else? So let's, well, I mean, let's, the reason. Let's move on, yeah. Well, yeah. let's move on to Rush. Yeah, Rust. Rust. Oh, what a mess that thing is. Yeah, because we're going to end on a high note. So yeah, we're going to end on we're a gonna... high note. <laughs> we'll do that last after we talk about Rust for a little while. Oh, but though, before we get to Rust, I want to say that America's bad, but never forget that England is every bit as dumb as America is. Because I just, uh, I, I mean, forget, you know, set aside all their anti-trans stuff, set aside their terrible Brexit stuff. I watched this video segment of, um, right? Uh, of this guy, this right-wing, like, radio host doing a TV show as well, like, having someone on to mock him. And he's a builder, 
who's there to talk about this important um, investment thing that they're doing, that they're trying to do it as a charity. They want people to invest in it at a cause, and they're trying to get the government to sign off on it, which is essentially, at most, something like 90% of the homes in England don't have good weatherization. Like, they're not insulated well. And he's like, we can cut the energy cost of heating and cooling these houses by up to 80-90%. If we just modernize these houses and it's not that expensive to do. And of course, being a right wing person, he's against anything that helps the environment. So the host starts to say, well, you say you're this big environmentalist. Uh, Doesn't, uh, you know, how do you feel good to be cutting down trees to build houses? How does that make you an environmentalist? And And the guy responds, trees grow back. And he's like, well, every building supply goes back, grows back. And then the guy from the charity's like, concrete doesn't grow back. And the, the host is like, yes, it does. And then, and this is true. The guy who is doing the thing just hangs up on the radio show host after he says concrete grows back. I know, right? Oh. Yes, but that's a, that that's an idiot. I mean, England is not as bad. I mean, yeah, uh, Boris Johnson is it's not is as pushing. bad as America, but it's pretty bad. On and off. Well, yes, but they've always been like that, right? That's that's, that's kind of new for the UK. It's not new for the UK for the for heaven's sakes. Um, and and there isn't the it's, it isn't the uh, the culture is slightly different. I mean, it would help everybody if they would just weatherize their houses i mean but it takes i mean it's what we did in canada i mean i kept my i kept my heating bills and i heat with electricity yeah so um down by constantly just upgrading the windows upgrading the my radiators i now have a heat pump i and i put in r75 insulation on the outside of my houses, my attic is, and my, and everybody else complains about their heating bills going up and I'm going, well, maybe mine will start when I finish doing (laughs) what I'm doing. Maybe, but I really have not. In fact, and then last year, my, everything went down 20, 20 bucks a month. So 240 bucks a year. Now it should go up this year because I think we're back on, um, high, usage the cost if right. you use it at peak times is more expensive than obviously yeah we have three levels usually um so the cost is higher during the day monday to friday but it's still um, like you're saving money at the end of the day you juice you end up saving money every every year and I, you're using less just, power like it's just yeah. it's just good in every respect mm-hmm. yeah like it's uh, it's just good in okay. every respect. How did this. we get here? No, I'm just when telling we were you. supposed to be talking. No, no, we're about, about to get there because I wanted to tell you that. <laughs> don't worry, we're not just picking on America. The UK sucks as well. So yes, yeah. Rust. Uh, the Rust news just keeps coming and it just keeps getting worse. Oh my God! Did you read the statement that the armorer's lawyer put out? Uh well, yeah. You did. Uh, it is bonkers. I've just, I've got segments from it here, right? Okay, wait a sec. So yeah. is there a, okay, so, okay, let me go to, gotta go here. I gotta go here. Um, so the full armorer's statement. Yeah. Uh, so... Now we've got the police department saying, uh, the sheriff saying they had five, 500 rounds of ammunition found on the set. And <gasps> as, wait, let me finish talking. As, as always, like, it's not clear because no one knows how to write a freaking news article or just ask a thing. It's not clear whether those are 500 blanks or 500 bullets, but live ammo was in the set and live ammo was in the gun that killed this uh, woman. So yeah, yeah, there were 
there were live bullets on set. And her statement says she has no idea how live bullets got on set. And that's all well and good. And then she says a, oh, then she says, uh, she was hired on two positions of on the film. So she was doing two jobs. So she didn't have the time to do the armorer job well. Where I'm like, that ain't much of an excuse. But here's the bad part, okay? Here's the terrifying line from there. The statement by her lawyer says that Hannah, that's her name, mm -hmm. still to this day has never had an accidental discharge. The first one on this set was a prop master, and the second one was a stuntman after Hannah informed him his gun was hot with blanks. I'm like, then you had two accidental discharges. Like, this lawyer's statement seems to think that it doesn't count as a law, uh, uh, um, an accidental discharge by the armorer if the armorer isn't the one holding the gun. That's not how responsibility works in this situation. The armorer is responsible for everything that happens with the gun. If there's an accidental discharge on set, it's ultimately... Now, if it doesn't kill anybody, if it's just a gun that goes off, blah. But it's ultimately, ultimately the armorer's responsibility for A, not teaching people well enough, or B, like, handing them a gun without telling them that it had live ammo in it. At least blanks... No, there's never a reason to have a bullet on a film set under any circumstances. So yeah, like this, the law, the lawyer statement is not only like insufficient, it's delusional because her responsibility is there. Whoever pulled the trigger. Also, oh. according to a P, uh, I don't know if it was a PA or an assistant, uh, assistant of some kind. At one point, she fired a blank in a crowd of people and uh, Nicolas Cage screamed at her for almost deafening him because she didn't warn everybody, but that she was going to be firing a blank. So that might have been another, yet another accidental discharge. We might be up to four. Yeah. Oh, well, there's, there's, um, I will, um, <laughs> what can I, what can I say? I mean, I listen, I've, I've read. Yeah, the lawyer, first of all, I mean, everything that comes out about this tells you, as somebody, some guy wrote on Deadline about the end of the indie. But the real problems are, first of all, they, she was their armorer, in quotes, trust yep. me, in quotes. Yeah. Um, is uh was not their first choice no their first choice said well i need two more people yeah because it's so if you hire me you need two more team. people yeah yeah i need a whole and team they refused because they quote unquote didn't have the money for it uh. okay um the the assistant director hall is yeah. not a member is not a member of the Directors Guild. Oh, so it really oh, yeah. was all being done non-union. Well, he's he's part. Well, the Directors Guild has this bizarre thing called Phi Core financial core status. Okay, which means that they can hire him on set because it's one of the core things but it means that he has to pay oh yeah no he uh, he essentially even though he's not in the union a bit of his check and plus an extra fine goes to the union as if he was uh, paying his dues yeah well yeah. everything goes everything goes to the union except for uh the part that would be spent on political or advocacy yeah. issues and so people are allowed to opt out and they have this special status. Yes. Um, and of course, they're saying he did take uh, mandatory safety training. But that's like saying that that the uh, people on um, Criminal Minds took sexual Jesus. sexual assault training. <laughs> sexual harassment right? training, yeah. Sexual harassment training. We all know how seriously they took that. But and obviously this man did not take his mandatory safety training what i don't understand either is i've worked with i've worked with prop guns okay 
I have. Yeah, well, have we did. We both. We have. We used airsoft guns because airsoft guns cannot fire a projectile, and the only propellant they use is CO two, and the CO two can fire. I mean, it can fire a plastic pellet, but we were using a, a gun one that had a blocked barrel, so it couldn't even do that. Right. Yeah. But uh, they can't fire anything more. It's essentially a BB gun that fires proprietary plastic BBs. It's airsoft. And there's a CO2 canister in the bottom. And the CO2 canister is what makes the BB fire. But more importantly, it's what makes the slide go back with a semi-automatic pistol. So it looks good. Yeah. And that tells you when to key in the muzzle flash. Because when the slide's going back, well, that's where you put the muzzle flash. It's like a visual hint in the same way that the hammer falling on a revolver is when you do the muzzle flash. But here's the thing. And we, I've never been in this position they were in. But I have to imagine, right, that if your hand, if your job is to secure a revolver, the least you can do is open up the cylinder and check to make sure there are no bullets in the cylinder. And two different people, the armor and the assistant director, both handled that pistol without opening it up to check if there were shells in the chamber. Yep. And that is, like, I understand why Alec Baldwin didn't do it. That's not his job. He got handed nope. a gun and told that this is a cold gun. That means there's nothing in it that can conceivably fire. He has every right to, I mean, you can argue he should have checked it himself, but that's not his job. It's well, the, no. job, uh, the job of the two people who handed him the gun. He has a right to assume they're doing their job. And you can say, I don't know which one of them screwed up. The answer is they both screwed up. Yeah. They both should have checked it. Mm-hmm. The first one. And then if the AD checked it. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a, a right to assume that particularly since he's hired a less than qualified armorer for his set. I know. He should be double checking all of this. But Everything. if they found live rounds, because there is um there is a, a press conference, but it was too long ago. I'm waiting for a new press conference. Yeah. Right? I mean the, they just found the uh, the five hundred quote unquote live rounds like two days ago. So we're waiting for the new press conference. Yeah, you know, and um, so there will be, yeah. right? It's, it's, you know, and then th there's the issue. Well, you know, I, it, it boggles my mind. I mean, even though I listened to um, this morning, there's something on, on the CBC. So I was listening to that this morning. Um, this, they were talking about, of course, rust and more about the, the fact that people like to have it look real and um yeah. you know how they go around saying you know they'll things are you know uh oh isn't that wonderful that they're doing all of these stunts themselves you know yeah. tom the cruise does way and yeah it does all of his own and stuff. we don't blah, use blah, blah, cgi blah. and it doesn't look and blah 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 yeah well guess what you know there's a downside to that as well there's a downside to that and they were sort of talking about it and and the role they play in in sort of you know saying you know no no cgi and the rest but mind you in the beginning but cgi is getting better all the time and the guns yeah the guns oh yeah is is just terrible because well first of all it costs it, it's it's what you you know, I mean, we went, I mean, yes, we had when we were making the professional, for example. Yeah. Right. I mean, we went to the armorer. We had, and we got only the guns that could are, not, uh, could, could not, not do anything. They couldn't can't hurt do anyone. Anything except make a noise. Yeah. Well, no, they That's barely it. make a noise. I know. They go, because you they, have cause it's just the escaping yeah. CO2. Really, yeah. all they're there to do is cycle the thing. We also had a we also had a fake revolver that no one ever held or pointed or fired, but we even checked that. And the here's how seriously this was taken by our armorer, right? Uh, it was unloaded, and then tape was placed around the trigger and around the cylinder that he put that he wrapped around it. So it couldn't be like opened and had blanks put in, right? Mm -hmm. Between him giving it to us and us giving it to the actor 
to not shoot. Like this stuff was taken seriously. And on the second shoot, when we actually had to fire blanks, we got a, we got essentially a starter's pistol. So our actors would have a realistic reaction to the sound. And again, it was handed to me. And I was the only one other than the armor who was around to touch it because I was firing the blank sound effect for the actor's thing. That wasn't on camera. And again, the the barrel was checked to make sure it, nothing could pass through it. The cylinder was checked and it was handed to me with tape with the three shells that I was going to need already in it. I was not to touch the shells. I was not to open it. And if I needed more, I had to go back to the armorer to get it. Like, and this is us! In a, you know, a $20,000 indie short film. Well, 35. Well, that one cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. talking about that one, yeah. $20,000 indie short film, and that's Canadian dollars, so, you know. Yeah. Like, you, you know, were, now. The safety every, was paramount. Oh, God. In, including. Yeah, oh, it, I know. Mm, it's It's frustrating. It's, but it's this whole idea. There are rules. But nobody enforces the rules in the nope. States. I mean, and ultimately nobody, <laughs> the poor guy, though, what? Rem because we had the gun and two shots, but I still remember. Uh, yeah, well, I'm sure we've talked about that before, you know, where he was shooting off the gun in the garage. <laughs> yeah. You know, a little a little bit problematic uh, as it happens, but that was uh, had nothing to do with the gun. No. It only had to do with mixed signals between you know, building supervisors and the police and yeah, all that again, sort of that stuff. Has zero to do with the gun. Like, zero to do with safety. Not, it's not. It's, yeah. it's not. The gun is not even the conversation. That no, man it was a gun. Well, the gun that guy had. That was our second gun. It was never to be fired on set. So, uh, like, it wasn't even part of the narrative that it gets fired. His gun didn't even have a CO two canister in it. Yeah. It literally, you pull the trigger, nothing happens. That's how nope. careful we were. Like, again. Jeez. Yeah. The fact that, like, the building was supposed to put up a notice and they didn't. Well, that's another conversation. <laughs> that's a different conversation. That's, that's a complete but it doesn't but no have one to was do. ever in danger. That's the key. You know, well, in the States, of course, they have, we, we've always talked about, you know, their, their attitude towards guns anyway. Yeah. And so it's that's somehow or another. And if they've got all these live freaking rounds on set. I know. it It is. It is the, the safety, but it is the money, right? Because people need to make livings. And what happens is, is that people work these long hours because the people who complained and the big thing was, oh, yes, they complained about um, the their hours the and they hours complained the about hour the drive to the lived. hotel. Yeah. yeah I but, a, but, and the food apparently was just God awful. <laughs> okay. Um, to boot, but no, they did complain about the the discharges, and they did complain that it wasn't a safe set. Fun fact: and I know this is a weird thing to bring up. I've never been on a set with bad food my whole life. I must have no. been on fifty film sets. Never been on one with bad suit food. I mean, food. ours doesn't even count because it's like we didn't really we didn't have a caterer. It's just we like got everybody's lunch orders and we just got them what they wanted. <laughs> but we didn't like hire yeah. a caterer. But I've like never been on a set with a bad caterer. No. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I mean, when you I have Tony out, Scott guess. directing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's going to be some good food if Tony Scott's directing. You're right. Uh, but no, but, like whatever movie it was, like the direct-to-video movies, the TV shows I did, never been on a set with bad food. Um, with low-budget uh, French television, I've been on a set where there was no catering, but I've never, for extras, but I've never been on a set with bad food. Yeah, you know, it's uh <clears throat> yeah, it's just not a thing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so it's like that should show you how terrible this production was. They even had bad food. Yeah, so why was Alec Baldwin is he in need of des is he in desperate need of money? He might be. Like I I don't know what his life is like. I know he's got a lot of kids. You know. <laughs> like yeah. you don't know what his investments are like. Maybe he does need a bunch of money. Who knows? But apparently Nicolas Cage, the last, the only other movie that this Hannah worked, had, on, had worked on, apparently blew up at her. Yeah, no, that's that's what I was saying. Like the, uh, the Nicolas Cage, she had pulled a trigger and yeah. fired around near Nicolas Cage. And he just screamed at her and walked off set for hours. 
to be like, mm-hmm. I'm not going down if this is the kind of professionalism I'm working with. And it's like, Nicolas Cage has made a hundred movies. He knows what a professional set looks like. If yeah, anybody well, knows what a professional set looks like, it's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, well, so, yeah. so should Alec Baldwin, well, for God's course. sake. Of course, Alec Baldwin. You know. And again, I'm not and... saying that as a producer, he doesn't bear some responsibility for any of this stuff. But at the same time, at the end of the day, those there shouldn't have been live ammo on the set. Ever. There's no, again, setting aside, you know, the other stuff, there's never a reason to have a bullet on a film set. There's just not. There's a reason to have blanks. And we'll get into this later, but some people like the visual of a spent shell flying out of a gun and blah, 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 blah. Like some people like that aesthetic. So I understand why they use blanks. I don't think they should use blanks. I think we should CGI everything now, but I understand why they use them. But there is no reason for there ever to be a bullet on set. Because remember what happened to Brandon Lee. That wasn't even a real bullet. That was, they used the same gun. Uh, and this is this is insane. And again, non-union thing. They used the same gun for a close-up as they did for the blank shooting. Right? And so as a consequence, in the close-up, you can... So they put in dud rounds. Rounds that have a bullet at the end, but, you know, a little cap at the end of the shell, but don't have any gunpowder inside. And what happened was, after the close-up, the actor pulled the trigger, and that jarred the bullet at the end of the cartridge out of the shell and into the barrel of the gun where it got lodged. And so then when they used the same gun to fire a blank, it pushed that cap out, essentially turning it into a real bullet. And that's how Brandon Lee died. And that's a situation where they were using the same gun for close-ups and for blank firing, which they shouldn't have been doing. And it's the same kind of thing. You get careless and people get hurt. And you, you know, and... Oh, and and a, the problem and the big problem is, is that the push and that's one of the things. And I mean, I, I don't I mean, I haven't because it's not 100 percent a film course. We have not done an awful lot of this, this impact of globalization on on filming and on lowering of standards. It's the old story, right? Yep. If you have these standards and if you have unions and if they have a lot of you know, control, but, oh, even the unions, so many of the people in these unions, like this guy, oh, I think he just, I mean, I am sure he became five, five core because that, you know, he said, well, for, you know, he, he said, well, either his religious beliefs or highly unlikely. Well, no, he's, his, his, he doesn't like the politics and, and the, it's possible and the advocacy, the advocacy and the, but, no, if that's no, but that's such a friggin' excuse. Oh no, no, I'm just not saying. to be. I know in not to be in the union. Absolutely. And then but. if you can get yourself out of the union, you don't care. Yes, I will say though, I don't know this guy's story, so I will say there is there is a situation. The reason someone could be FICOR is not because they have any objection to the union. Is it can be that they are a local hire, so a low budget movie will not want to pay, might not be able to find an assistant director to like fly out from Los Angeles to be on a low budget movie in Nevada. So they will hire a local person and the union will allow for that as long as they get their due. So I, I don't know this guy. I don't know his story, but there is an innocent reason why he could be FICOR. That's all I'm saying. This is not intended as a defense. I don't have the fact. I'm just saying there are other possible explanations. I don't know if they're in that case. I'm just saying we should not rush to judgment on that one aspect. Okay, well, here's the headline on Variety. Okay. Rust producers were warned about David Hall's safety issues on previous film. Okay, then I, I'm i sorry I tried to make an excuse. I, I apologize for trying to think the best of someone. <laughs> I just thought. I didn't oh, even go to IMDb. Right. It's just right there. Okay. Okay. And okay. then, you win. okay, after it was... Oh, geez, come on. After, uh, you know, you know, Hall's the AD, of course, is responsible for coordinating and managing almost everything that happened on the set of rest, handling all logistics. So the director could focus on actual filming the Western. He had performed on more than 80 productions before the October. So why he's FICOR is beyond me. Yeah, no, then that is. But some of, 
Hall's former colleagues on those films wondered whether he had a habit of cutting corners to remain on schedule. Assistant directors are a liaison between director and crew. Um, Said somebody who's never worked with Halls, there's a reputation of fearing the AD a bit on the crew world because the AD is the taskmaster. And he's the point. Yeah. Yeah. That was basically what I was doing. (laughs) I was your AD. You were were line (laughs) producing, really. Yeah. I I was line producing, but. But yeah, no, you also did the thing where you talked. I just, I didn't have you call, you know, uh, I didn't have you running the shoot in the same way that an AD does. Well, they were, you were small. Because okay, they were so small. We didn't need to uh, have a bunch have of extra people running the shoot. But no, you no. did a lot of functions that an AD would normally do. That is completely accurate. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. The most competitive program is run, but many ADs learn. Oh my God. Schultz said that the first AD was usually black. It runs long. It can be, it can move toward a hurried approach. And there are training programs for becoming an AD, but most competitive, the most competitive program is run by the DGA, the Directors Guild. Of course. But many ADs learn simply by working under others. Oh, yeah. The film business, of course. That's right? completely normal. Huh. And, um, you know, yeah. I mean, and so if you learn from working. someone with bad habits and if you weren't, if you learn on a lot of sets where they were cutting corners to make sure they got the sh- uh, the pages done in time, then yeah, yeah. you can learn yeah. bad habits. You can pass on bad habits. I get it. Although I still remember one of our actors saying, but everything's on time. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at, at him. I said, yeah. yeah run a tight ship. Yeah. We, well, that's because we planned out the shots. We ha- We knew we had eight hours. And we planned our we planned ourselves to only need like uh, any major shots with people. We need had half an hour to an hour, and then all the cut in shots were like we only need fifteen minutes. We scheduled it correctly. Yeah, we know. got out. Well, of that we movie, did four of them, and we got out of that movie theater. Movie theater. We got out of that theater like an hour early. Yeah, you know, like which we were, made them happy too. They made very happy. <laughs> we were very careful. That's the thing. Like, and we always have been. And that's the key part is it's all about taking that kind of care. And obviously it wasn't happening here. All right. So who wants to cheer everybody up? Oh, yes. We want to cheer everybody up. Oh, I'm so happy about this. So anyway, the thing that inspired us to do this was to tell you about a brand new bit of uh, <laughs> well, fluff, complete fluff, but delightful <laughs> fluff. <laughs> All right, so what happened is <laughs> Matt Goobler put out a new video, and it is delightful. Uh, if you don't know who Matt Goobler is, and you're only here because of Wise Guy or Squid Game, uh, he played Dr. Spencer Reed on, on a little show called Criminal Minds, and we love him. Uh, we love Dr. Spencer Reed, but more importantly, we love Matt Goobler, the guy who plays Spencer Reed. He's hilarious. He's wonderful. He makes short films. He's the most talented director who ever worked on Criminal Minds, and the two of us are anxiously awaiting him to make his first feature film at some point. Like, we can't wait for this to happen, but it still hasn't yet. Like, we are, uh, is it gigantic fans? Is that fair to say? Oh, yeah. We're just gigantic fans of this man. We love him. And so he's got a new short film which is an instructional video about how to make a ghost for your uh, for your porch Halloween on Halloween. De- yeah, decorations. Halloween decorations. And it is both a completely, like, it is completely actionable. Anyone can do the stuff he does. Like, it is a very practical and cheap way to make a creepy and effective ghost. Yep. But his presentation of it is so delightful. <laughs> It's so much fun. Like I don't even want to spoil all of it. It's so much fun to watch him do. Oh, isn't he the best though? Yeah. Oh, I mean, it was so funny. And you and already, I don't know how many people have already watched it. Twenty five thousand, no. but it only went up. It only went up and, a couple of days ago. So yeah, yeah. So somebody's, you know, I mean, his, his people are just enjoying it. It it is. It is just, he has a good editing crew. He has a a good, he's got two cameras working. (laughs) Yeah. 
you know, um, and and he is delightful in the way he bookends the the the. Oh, I know the short film stuff he does to bookend the the crafting part is yeah. so good. <laughs> it's so funny. Like you know it's coming, but wow! Oh, yes, and and don't worry, it. don't worry. It's only ten minutes long it's because a... he speeds through the stuff that takes a long time. And he has so he has this chipmunk, right? Well, yeah, because gets... he was the voice of Simon in the Chipmunks movies. Yeah, so yeah. you know, so there every you time go. he wants to fast forward, he he puts a picture of Simon on screen. Yeah. <laughs> driving forward. driving a really nice little aqua Gosh. blue car at one yeah. point <laughs> the whole thing is unbelievably yeah. cute yeah it's it's, it's cute. cute it's funny it's and again he's so charming yes he always has been charming he's so charming when you see him in interviews and he's so great yeah. in this and it's like it just makes yeah. you want to see more matt goobler and i hope he's yeah. active i hope he's doing stuff yeah. Well, he just enjoys himself when he's doing this. Although apparently oh, yeah. it's been apparently it's been about a year. He hasn't done Since anything else one? this year. Damn. Apparently. Well, I mean, yeah, well, it's been a it, year. I mean, yeah, right. it, we would have known if it had come up on we've both got him on our feeds. So that's absolutely right. Yeah. So if he had done something else, but that's what he's talking about and it's I mean, it is just, you know, yeah. It is too it is just an enjoyable piece to make you laugh for a little bit and you can learn something. And you can le- <laughs> you can learn how to make a really effective ghost decoration ghost. for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh so Matt Goobler as usual firing on all cylinders. Uh we love his shorts and he's given us no reason to doubt him. Oh. Okay, there's there's that. So yeah, there's there, something there's, super fun. There's the everything. title. <laughs> There's there's the title. <laughs> the title. Matt Goobler. Yeah. Firing Firing on all, on all cylinders. <laughs> okay, you're right. It is. That is what we're talking about here. Uh no, but we we love you, Matt Goobler. Don't ever change. Please. Yeah. Oh man. So anyway, yeah, I, I would encourage everyone to watch it. It's on his channel, whatever his channel is called, but you can just Type in Matthew Gray Goobler Halloween and you'll get there. It's not complicated. The Goobler, it's called the, the Goobler Ween Goobler Halloween Special 2021. Oh, the man's my hero. I'm not even going <laughs> to pretend this man isn't my hero. Of course he's my hero. Oh, it's fantastic. All right. So uh, I guess. 800 comments. 800 comments already. That's fantastic. Unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Oh, no, but he's the best. We all know he's the best. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, as always, we cover a lot of stuff on this show. Uh, we don't update you on what all of the Criminal Minds people are up to, you know, because uh, there's a lot of Criminal Minds people. But we're always going to let you know what Matt Goobler is up to. No question. Yeah, absolutely. We are always going to fill you in on any updates on what he's up to. All right. Uh, so I guess that's that. We're going to see you back here on Wednesday for more Wise Guy. Is a Tuesday for more wise guy. Nope, it's Wednesday. Wednesday for more wise guy. Uh, we're closing in on the end of season two, which means spoiler alert: there's going to be a new Tuesday show to listen to once we finish season two of Wise Guy. We're going to be going through the wonderful Korean drama Vincenzo uh, on Tuesdays. That is currently available on Netflix, so you can be able to watch it with us. That's a lot of fun, and uh, let's just say. If you've enjoyed our Wise Guy shows so far, things are going to get a little weird as we move into Season 3. And I just hope you're ready for that. Uh, We're going to be doing a lot of complaining. We're going to be... Like, because it it literally goes from, uh, like, some of the high points uh, for for an actor's career. Like, there's an actor at the start of Season 3 who's like, oh, this is the best role of his entire career. Uh, I mean, I can, I I don't know I'm being coy. It's Robert Davi, you know, like yeah. this is the best job Robert Davi ever had in his whole life. He's so incredible in this show. And then at the same time, immediately after Robert Davi's arc, well, we get some of the worst episodes the show ever did. Oh God. Yes. I really didn't want to go to that fishing cabin. Oh, the fishing oh. Cabin. oh my <laughs> oh, God. So many episodes at the fishing cabin. The hell oh, are they thinking? 
Well, they had a really good deal on that fishing cabin. Clearly. Or somebody on set owned it, owned right? Owned the fishing cabin. I was like, yeah, I'll rent you my fishing cabin to shoot there. I'll give you a good price for it. I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, well, you'll understand what we're talking about very <laughs> soon. Believe you me. Uh, but for okay. now, as always, thanks for listening. If you're listening to this in some sort of an app or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it because that is how new people find the show. We're going to be back here soon. If you have any questions or comments, drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds@gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, especially if you enjoyed uh, the Matt Kubler Halloween special as much as we did. We'll see you back here on Wednesday, but until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And have a good week. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.